Welcome to Calvin's Corner. My name is Phil Nasons. He's Pastor Michael Noonan, and we're here to present for you a Christian show unlike any other Christian show you've ever heard. Michael, how you doing this morning? What's happening? I'm good. Uh, Chester's in full voice. Yes, he is. So that's good. <laughs> I, I, Chester never seems to grow hoarse. Never. So <laughs> Especially at this time of day. Yeah, he he's been quiet all morning. Of course. Until he saw me put the headphones on. Oh yeah, then it's on. Then yeah, see he gets jealous. And or he done. wants to be a star like his his dad. Yeah. He wants the headphones himself, I guess. Yeah, well that I is... might I might slap some on him later today just for sport. Just to see what happens. See his reaction. Yeah. He might not like it and then he'll every time he sees those headphones he just disappears. That would be the hope. That would be the hope. It would be we're used to having a, a threesome now, so it's okay. You know, he, he chimes in when he needs to. And yes. that's all that matters. It's like a lot of our listeners chime in all the time, and they talk about things. And one of the things they talk to me about is, why do you let Michael continue to call people out on his blog, and then they flourish, and he doesn't, and it's not right, and it's not fair. And Phil, please tell your friend to stop for his own health. What do you say to that? <laughs> that well, especially after this week. Well, people uh, care about you. That's the whole point. And uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like that when you're in the middle of a storm. But the truth is, they do. Well, here's a couple things. Um, number one, I love the church. Right. I love the church, and when somebody defiles the church, right, it's our responsibility to stand against that. That's fair enough. Uh, just I did it for years. I know all about. I I know everything that you're about to say. I agree with you, but well, at what kind it, of cost is it, though? Um, what do you do with your life? Well, okay. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day. Boy, I wish I'd have become a sports writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got to tell you, when I shifted that night, the last time we did a "What's Color Is the Sky in Your World" podcast that we never published because I couldn't publish it. And I said, after we're done, the hell with it. I'm going to become, I'm going full-time into sports to see what happens. Yeah. That was a long time ago, but uh, things are starting to really happen now. Yeah, you're doing really well. well. Ah, I'm it. doing the same thing that I'm, <laughs> I've been doing for years. No, but th that's the first thing. Uh, and the, the second thing is that historically, one of the responsibilities of the church, if you, if, you, if you read the Bible in its fullest context, especially the prophetic books of the Old Testament, right? one of the jobs of the church is to speak truth to power. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the church has morphed into a very... Um, power-hungry organization that crushes people uh, who try to uh, bring the church back to what Jesus intended. Okay, hang on one second. Now you say the church did this. Do you think that that's really the church, though? Yeah. Uh, the, the church is composed of sinners. That's true. Okay? And we are all... Um, prone to the same temptations. 
what I believe lacks in the church at times is the fear of God. Well, at times, you think? <laughs> I think you're being very nuanced today. Well, I think we have to be nuanced because so. we talk about people who do bad things, uh, downright malicious things. Right. A lot. A lot, yeah. What we don't talk about is the guy with a wife and two kids who's pastoring a church of 50 people for very little money who scrapes by but is there for his people and is faithful day in and day out to perform the duties uh, of a pastor or a priest as Christ intended. We don't talk about those guys. Well, there's a reason for that, though. It's because we don't know who they are because they don't broadcast what they do. They're too busy actually serving. Exactly. And and they don't have the time to, uh, to blog about how wonderful they are. They or, don't have or time to... Or go to the latest to, conference in uh, Network. Yeah, and post the uh, Facebook Live video... Uh, pontificating on uh, lots of stuff that they have no knowledge of. I swear that some of these guys who, I mean, uh, post videos every day telling every you day. how to live life. They, they instead of the the headshot, they ought to bend over and give it the other end uh, because that's where they're actually talking out of. Yeah, that's, that's something. You know, there. I, I can tell you this. I I've seen I've seen pastors of small churches use Facebook Live for prayer. And stuff, and I think that's cool. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I I don't. I saw one the other day that almost made me throw up in my mouth. Yeah. Oh. I, well, I tell you what made me throw up is I'm watching this one guy, and then I I looked a little closer at the post, and it was sponsored. So so church yeah. money is is being used every day to promote this guy. Right, and he's getting paid to do what he's supposed. Well, yeah, and I don't begrudge that. And but. he's already getting paid, which is is fine. The worker is worth his wage. Absolutely. But however, th these are all about promoting the person. Yes. And okay, how much is the benevolence fund as compared to the uh, Facebook sponsorship fund? Probably I'm very just, little. I'm just curious, if any. But we don't talk about the faithful pastor. Why would we? And we don't know who they are. That's the problem. We need to talk about them. If you know a faithful pastor like Michael is describing, send us that email instead of telling me I started over a word. I mean, yeah. and we'll we'll promote him, or I maybe we won't. We'll pray for him because if we promote him, maybe he'll get on yeah. Michael's blog someday. The the thing of it is that those are the majority. Most churches in America are under a hundred people. Yep. And those are the majority people. And they are the ones who pay the price for what the big shots do. And the, and the last thing I would say is my life has been dramatically impacted by the, the writings of Charles Bowden. Yeah, I just got a couple of his books the other day, by the way. Oh, good. He was unflinching. In the face of death threats, poverty, uh, the man basically died with um, a coffee pot and a little car, and that was what he ended up with. Right. And one of the things that, that Chuck said is that a writer is responsible 
to speak things that other people can't put into words. That's a good way to put that, too. He's very good um, and talented. I can't wait to read the books um, I got of EPUBs. And if you name the books he wrote, I'll tell you which ones I have, because I got a whole bunch of them the other day. I've got a list. Uh, Down by the River. Nope. Uh, Murder City. Murder City. Uh, that that should keep you busy. Yeah, I'm sure it will. But um, he was a different breed of character, too. We, we need to be different breeds of character. There's... And there, that's the last thing. We're, Steve Brown used to say that when a pagan gets cancer, a Christian gets cancer, so the world can see the difference. When a pagan goes bankrupt, a Christian goes bankrupt, so the world can see the difference. The world has to be able to see the difference. Yeah, that's what I, I commented on your Facebook page the other day. Sometimes it's getting harder and harder to tell the Christians, the ones within and the ones without. Yeah, it, it is. You know, and the last thing in terms of, of my health, my health is going to deteriorate anyway. Uh, that's just the nature of a heart valve right. issue. It's the nature of having an aneurysm. My health is going to deteriorate. The question is going to be is, what do you do? Do you sit and wait for 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 things to go bad or do you plug through and i'm going to plug through right and the last thing that chuck said that's never left me is he said everything i ever tried to do purely for money turned to ash in my mouth mm -hmm. and I, I believe the same would happen to me we're all called to do different things and i appreciate um the kindness of people and caring about me and I appreciate your prayers but uh, I, I would rather um, be poured out than rust out as they say it's better to burn out than fade away right yes I think that's Def Leppard by the way just in there's case a, anyone wonders there, there's some days when I, I would like to fade away but for yeah. the most part that's I, I tell you what I, I used to do this for a long time I used to go back and forth on it. Does it make a difference? Probably not. Um, most of the people that... The subject of your blog and other people's blogs and my blog, they went on to doing much bigger things. It was like nothing happened. You, know, you look at guys like Ravi Zacharias. He doesn't even bat an eye. He just keeps on going. Keep on trucking, making that cash. Right. You hit a little guy, though, and it's over for him. Yeah. And the the thing here is that it's a lot like pastoring a small church. You are making a difference, an eternal difference, for a few people. It's a real difference. And if I can say things, if I can put things into words that other people are thinking, so that they understand they're not alone mm -hmm. in what has happened to them, they're not alone in what they've experienced, that what has happened to them isn't a reflection of how Christ feels about them, then I've lived a good life. I've done a good thing. Right. And and God will deal with the rest at the judgment. Yeah, see, I had a couple people. Remember that Todd Bentley thing? Oh, boy. That's yeah. when I that's when I actually met you, But because um, we were both doing the same thing, covering it. Mine was, I was in Greece then. If you're, I, of course you remember. But, yes. Uh, but, here, but here's the thing with that. I had a couple people write to me and thank me for writing when I did. 
because uh, they wouldn't have recognized it any other way. And uh, that's fine. I, I appreciated that. I was really happy about that. But a lot of times what would happen is these people who would get pulled out would end up turning on me at some point or they would turn on God and they would stop believing in Christ and they just whatever because of the things that happened to them that people did to them. Right. What do you say to those people? Because there's a lot of those people out there. I've noticed a lot more and more of that on Facebook recently. A lot of people have just decided to pitch it all in. Right. Tough. Um, and I get a lot of criticism because I have some people who are friends of mine. Right. Uh, actually people that I love mm -hmm. who say some really awful things about God and Christianity now. Right. Yeah, right. And they're like, why, why do you allow this? Why don't you get rid of these people? Why don't you ban them? And my response is, if you've seen what they've seen, you might do it the same way. Right. Uh, when people, you know, here's the thing, Phil. I don't love the people that I love because of their beliefs. I love the people I love because they're people that I love. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. But that one guy, he unfriended me. He doesn't like me because he said I'm everything that he hates in Christianity. And someday he may do the same to me. Probably. However, my job as first off as a pastor secondly mm -hmm. as a human being is to love people where they're at right because i can tell you right now that getting into into brawls getting into conflict with people who are already packing an incredible amount of pain and anger is pointless right that's and true, I, by the way. I agree with that. I don't get into that. There are times when I have to go, you know, you really need to calm down because we're dealing with community here. And this is not an effective way of communicating the things that you want to say. Right. But my job is to love them and to believe that God will, in his own time and in his own way, reveal himself to them in such a way that it overcomes the things that we in the church have done to them. Okay, that's fine. Can I stop you right there for a second? Absolutely. Here's why. Because the Reformed people, a lot of them would say that they were never part of the Christianity if they left because of people and what happened to them. Yeah, well, th there are a lot of uh, religious sects who mm -hmm. want to... It's easy. I mean, it's easy. Because then we just discard these people and we right. walk away and we pretend like they were just a bunch of damn heathens in the first place. Yeah, but I don't think that people necessarily go to that length. But what they do is they just say, if he's gone to this far and to the point where he's uh, trashing Christianity and whatever it is that they're trashing, that they weren't part of us. And, and they do that because the reform view is, the, is all about election, right? To a, large, to a large degree, um, and, and that's fine, but what it's about is the sovereignty of God. There you go. And in my view, God has called me to love people. Right. 
and so let's 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 even go to the point where we go these people are enemies of the gospel they are enemies of the church and they're enemies of pastors what does jesus say we do with our enemies we're to love them thank you i'm done now there you go so that that's perfect see this is this worked out better than i thought didn't it it is what it is. But here's uh, the deal, though. But here's the deal, though. A lot of these guys don't seem to do that. They don't get it. When I say, when I see some of the things that I see from, I guess I'm still Reformed. I'm headed toward Anglicanism. I don't even see. I couldn't even say it. Because I'm still well, not getting the heretic in front of me yet, like you get in our, <laughs> our lovely fan mail. But uh, and I, and I'm kind of appreciative of that for a while. But if they really knew what I was struggling with or did struggle with, they would probably call me worse. But uh, the thing is, I think this. I I truly believe that part of being reformed is understanding grace, and uh-huh. not just the grace that you were given, but showing grace to others the same way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and. If God gave me that much grace, then how much should I extend to my brother who's out there lost? Well, there's there's the question, and I, I'm I, I don't get into the um, I, I I'm just not going to get into the uh, reasons why someone is apostate. Blah, Right. I, I could care less at this right. point about these sort of things. I'm I'm looking at everybody as human beings who were created in the image of God, and that image has been marred by the fall. And we do things that are sometimes very sinful. And we think God grades on a curve, you know. I'm sinful, but boy, he's awful. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, good for you. Uh, the, the point to all of this is, is if you read through the Beatitudes, if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, if you read of the grace of God from Genesis to Revelation, you've got one job. And that's to love these people. Well, see, that's the, that's the whole key to the first century Christians and why people wanted to join the way. Because they were different than others. And they kind of separated themselves in how they treated one another. Sure, they sinned. I mean, read the book of Corinthians. Read the epistle, second epistle to the Corinthians. Read these letters that the Apostle Paul wrote. But people still wanted to be a part of them because they were so different. There was such a contrast between their lives and, say, the people in the world and the ones, quote-unquote, without. But like I said yesterday, I say it again, it's harder to tell the difference. Right. And one of Why do I want to join these people who are probably, in some cases, acting worse than the ones who are supposed to act that way? Exactly. And I've harped on this for years, and it's worked about as well as everything else I've harped on for years. And, and this is particularly important when people have been wounded by the church, 
And the you know the person that you know you you and I know who we're talking about, he wasn't wounded once or twice or three times. He has seen things that no one should have to to watch happen. Right, I know. And I refuse to let him go. Okay, I don't. Well, I didn't know, let him go. He let me go because I didn't want to listen to his. Uh, I told him I wasn't interested in reading a book by Christopher Hitchens. Well, because I've already read those books and I don't find them enriching at all. And and that's okay. And he may do the same to me someday. And there, are, I have other people like that in my life. Right. But I'm not going anywhere. Right. Me neither. And when they ask me, you know, how you feel about me, I love you. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm done now. <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and is it always easy? Um, no. No, it's not. But Christ didn't tell us to do things the easy way. But the challenge of the gospel is is so immense mm-hmm. in terms of actually living it out. Uh, I wrote on the blog the other day, I was teaching in church on Sunday about how Abraham was called to sacrifice Isaac. And what an incredible, mind-twisting, painful thing that God was asking him to do commanding him to do and your first thought is gosh I hope God never does anything like that to me gosh I hope he never demands of me something that I can't perform and then you go back to the New Testament and he says do not fear when I'm terrified he says love your enemies and then he provides some enemies for you to love Mm-hmm. And you have people doing really awful things, and sometimes they do really awful things to you. And Jesus says, "Love your enemies." Yeah, it's impossible without the grace and power of God. And one of the ways that we demonstrate the grace and power of God is by loving people who are utterly unlovable. Right. And that's I, you true. know, and to be frank. I spend a lot of my time being one of those people. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay? I'm not Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. Nope. And I like cats better than I like people. I, you oh, know, yeah. there, there's a lot going on here. But I've received the love of God. I've received the grace of God. And it's for me to pass that on even when I don't want to. And that way, the world sees the difference. That's and true. my great, great angst is that the world doesn't see enough of a difference in me. And it's not about not cussing, not swearing, not doing this or right. that other thing. It's about, do you love promiscuously? Now, I'm not talking about sexuality. I'm talking about, do you love people who don't love you back and do you do it in such a way that others can see you and wonder what in the world motivates that person to act that way hey that was early christianity right there that's, that's it. what it was all about that's why it took took off like wildfire right if and it were today losing, it wouldn't if it were today we're it would go people what's that i'm sorry that's why we're losing people well sure we're, we're, I mean, we're losing people left and right because now it's like, I love you if you voted for Trump. I right. love you if you didn't vote for Trump. I love you I, if you observe Lent. 
Yeah, and or, I don't love you because you don't. Yeah, I, I, I love you because we share the same views on the Eucharist, on the return of Christ. I, I love you because you are in a red state and not a blue state. We have all of these um, things that we attach to our love to make it conditional. Thank God Jesus doesn't. Yeah, how about that? For Pastor Michael Noonan, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening to Calvin's Corner.